0: Go ahead. Welcome in, everybody. It's daylight and a dollar short. My name's Will. Jordan's with me. We are going to be recapping the Vikings' loss to Detroit yesterday, 34-23 um, in, in the Ford field. Is that what they still call it? I think so. Um, in Detroit. And the Vikings fall to 10-3 and and miss their first opportunity to clinch the NFC North. Jordan, we're going to start, buddy. It's daylight. We're just going to get going here. No need for small talk. It was a frustrating game. It was a, uh, it wasn't the worst performance of the season by any stretch, um, but it was very unsatisfactory. And as O'Connell put it, not playoff worthy. Um, first and foremost, though, are you out on the Vikings because of what be happened just yesterday? A sieve. And at some point, you know, the. 400 plus yard games caught up to them and today was that or yesterday was that day unsurprisingly against a potent offense that scores when they get in the red zone um i'm just gonna ask you a hot question right at the top absolutely can we do can we do anything to make this defense better or is it just a lost cause
1: so i actually saw that the vikings blitzed at a season high rate yesterday and jared Goff still just just calved us up so no um i do think that firing Donatel and bringing in uh Patton, letting Pettin call the defense maybe is it, i mean it's putting a band-aid on you know a an amputated limb like it's the defense is going to be bad and and you know there's there's nothing we can really do uh you're not going to what are we now what are the, what are the Vikings done? 10 and 3 is that correct so correct. you're not going to change anything 15 weeks into the season like, on a fundamental level. But we're, we're, there are some decisions that are being made that I think are highly questionable. We're putting Zedaria Smith and Daniel Hunter into coverage. Why? I get it. I get it. I see the, the trickery. I see the, I see the math behind it or the mental gymnastics that you used to get to that conclusion of they'll never see it coming. But you know what else they're not going to see coming? Any pressure... If you don't bring your best pass rushers in, I mean it's it's just point blank, um, it's just a bad decision. And those just you know some questionable, questionable decisions. I saw I saw a lot of stats about Donatel and how he is. he's just he's just not a good NFL defensive coordinator, and that's okay. It's it's a difficult job. I'm not here to like just poop all over the guy. He's a really smart defensive mind. He has been a piece to some really good defensive puzzles over the years. But, you know, uh, everybody always talks about guys that get head coaching jobs and they just aren't quite cut out for it. They're a great coordinator, but they're not quite head coaching material. And I think Donatel is just a step down from that. He's a great position coach. He's a great um, – What are the what's what's Mike Pettin considered? Because um, he's not a position coach. He's just like a defensive coach like consultant I think is like maybe the official title and Assist, so he's
0: like an assistant head coach or he's a great
1: too. mind yeah. to have in the room he he's someone that I would love to have on the team giving you know his two cents on things but when it comes to what is the play that's being called and when it comes to what Situ, you know, like, situationally, what are we doing? Just, you know, in the biggest moments, I think I would rather have somebody else, somebody else doing that. And I actually kind of planned out my little opening rant for the evening. And it's funny that you asked me about the defense. Um, flipping it over to Kevin O'Connell just quickly, um, this is – there's that old, like, poem. Like, I, came, I can't remember the exact thing, but it's like I came – you know, to where the roads diverged and I took the one that was less traveled, that whole thing. Like, Kevin O'Connell is at a split in his head coaching career right now where he can be the offensive coordinator who calls timeouts or he can be a head coach and he can make the tough decision and he can make a change at defense and he can start getting involved with the defense even more heavily. And I I really want to see him do that. And I'm not. We're not talking about taking over defensive play calling. We're talking about making the decision that Ed Donatello cannot be my defensive coordinator if we're going to play playoff caliber teams. Which the Vikings are making the playoffs. Let's just keep saying that until it happens. Because I mean they have ten wins, and if they don't make it, that's going to be a massive face plant. And. He has to say, we need Mike Petton in here. Mike, I'm an offensive guy. I'm a modern offensive guy. This is what gives me troubles. This is what we're going to try to do with what we have. And really get involved in putting a Band-Aid over this defense and trying to limp this defense into the playoffs. Because yesterday, I mean, it really did just feel like, get a stop. no we can't get a stop, please. We can't get a stop. Soul just caught the game winning catch. Like, I mean, at which point that's a trick play. And you know, how do you see it coming? Whatever. But like at some point you just got to kind of pull the trigger and, and in the draft this season, I think the Vikings should lean heavy defense and free agency, heavy defense. Cause they need to, they do need to, they they need to fix the defense up. The defense isn't good. And it wasn't good on Zemo either. Like it's not just a coaching thing. It, it is some personnel thing. So that's kind of my two cents on it.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's – it's good and that's pretty – it's relatively comprehensive what you're talking about here in that, you know, everyone, everyone's piling on Donatel and rightfully so, but the defense wasn't good in the last two seasons. So in a way, it's just like the opposite of what Zimmer's defense was, neither of which is good. It's just the opposite. Um, obviously I think I'd take Donatel's results over Zimmer's results in the last two years because they've made winning plays. Right. Um, they've created a lot of turnovers, um, and they've, they've done an okay job in the red zone. Not great, but, um, really weeks 12 and 13 saved their percentage really, but, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a scheme not i don't i'm not even going to say scheme it's definitely a coaching thing but you're right it's definitely also the players that we have are getting old and harrison smith is still great but he's getting old eric kendricks clearly doesn't have the same twitch that he used to nope. um Z'Darrius smith has had a good season but his nagging injuries have kind of kept his motor down a little bit um, Daniel, Daniel Hunter's still good. I got no issues with him, Yeah. but, um, funny because he was the one guy that everyone was talking about trading about six weeks ago. Um, Patrick Peterson, I don't know what I would do with him in the off season. I don't know if I would bring him back. He's, he's had a very good season. Um, but the older that a cornerback gets, the less, the less helpful he's going to be quite frankly. Right. And unless, unless you're willing to, you know, make a shift with him and put him in a
1: slot or something, um, but and also that, slashes I mean, money significantly like because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of holes on that defense. I want to point something out. I want to get your take on this, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Did the defense yeah. just get bad when Everson Griffin left? Is it just that simple? Is <laughs> it is it the fact that we don't have Everson? Because it, it really seems like Everson Griffin just used to be the guy where it was like, oh, we need to stop. Oh, my God, Everson Griffin just got a strip sack. What happened? Like You know what I mean? Like It just feels like he left – And he had his thing, and I hope he's doing well, and I hope he's doing great, and I hope he's wonderful. But the defense has not been the same since he left. And we brought in Zadarius, and for a little bit it was fine, but he just can't stay healthy, and he's getting dinged up. And, you know, some genius coach is making him play pass coverage instead of chasing Jared Goff, so that doesn't make much sense. But, like, is it just Everson Griffin? Do we just need him? Should we just sign him? Does that fix everything? (laughs) Super Bowl guarantee?
0: I mean, there's an interesting correlation there. I don't think there's a whole lot of causation going on, but, um, yeah. And I mean, you mentioned the blitzing and then I think we can put the defense to bed just like the lions did yesterday. Um, you know, the, the, even regardless of the the blitz percentage, I, I didn't, I didn't notice that until you brought it up here tonight, but, um, doesn't matter if you blitz if you if your defense if your defensive backs are still sagging. It's it literally makes no difference. It just makes it easier for the quarterback to find an outlet, find the yep. hot route, and you get a seven yard gain. Like it's just Jared Goff's been around for too long. He throws too good of a ball. He's smart enough. He's he's obviously not the greatest quarterback there ever was, but he he's able to to manage a game quite well and efficiently and he doesn't make a ton of mistakes if you you know, put it out there for him. And the Vikings defense just continually making things too soft. I mean, they, they even pointed it out in the broadcast yesterday on the on the TV broadcast how, you know, the Vikings defense put the Lions in some third and longs, especially in the second half, third, three, third and seven, third and eight, third and nine. And even if they brought the pressure, they continued to play soft on the back end. It doesn't work. It doesn't work to bring pressure with with the the front five to seven, and then let the back end just sag off, you're going to have easy completion after easy completion. So I've beat this drum, I think, the entire season. If we don't allow our defenders to put some pressure on the opposition, this is going to be the result you get. And yes, turnovers are created, but turnovers are also – there's also an element of just – the other team making a mistake and yes you have to pounce but when you have a quarterback like like jared goff who is humming right now he's only had one turnover in the last six games he's not going to be the one to make the mistake you have to force him to make a mistake so completely underwhelmed by what we're seeing defensively and um yeah i mean it's frustrating and you know i i'm generally relatively conservative with with sort of like you know trades or, um, you know, head coach or coaching firings. But I think what you're saying is right in that if we let Donatel continue to, you know, just do what he's doing, stay as the, stay as the play caller, keep the same schemes, et cetera, et cetera. We're kind of acknowledging that, you know, for us this year, we're not really uh, trying to go deep into the playoffs. You know, we're happy enough with, you know, an NFC North championship and, you know one or two playoff right. games. Um so that's kind of the uh cuz I mean you watch the 49ers offense with Brock Purdy if we face them in the playoffs with this same sort of defensive makeup it's going to look like it didn't against Tampa Bay yesterday. So yeah, it I, would be uh, like if
1: Dallas I, came to town. is what it would be like and I truly like it, it going I don't want to say, like, this defense, it's just, it's pounding your head against the wall. This is the last thing I'll say about it, because I think you've done a really good job, and toot my own horn, I think we did a good job of, of kind of covering it and getting our frustrations out. Um, I kind of predicted on the show last Wednesday when we were doing predictions for Sunday and, and everything like that, I kind of predicted that, like, if we just play off coverage, they have the speed and they have the, the twitchiness To make those seven-yard gains turn into 15-yard gains, those 15-yard gains turn into 20s, and also... It doesn't help, and this is where it comes down to like players. It doesn't help that Harrison Smith is out. So Josh Metellus, is that correct? I feel I don't know why I said Josh yep. Metellus, and that name immediately felt wrong coming out. But like, correct. Josh Metellus, like they kind of broke it down on the broadcast. He comes down too early, so Jared Goff knows he's got to go out. That's going to be one on one with Cam Bynum against one of the fastest receivers on the Lions. DJ Chalk touchdown, boom, bam. You know, Lions increase their lead so it's that kind of a thing right it's it's it is the playoffs. the playoffs have to play better but I do think a coaching change is needed if we're going to do anything in the playoffs let's let's switch gears let's let's flip this uh you know no t-shirts no hats nothing like that let's flip this narrative though um I'm just gonna ask you this I'm not gonna lead you I'm not gonna not gonna Will Goodwin for one million dollars who is the best wide receiver in the NFL um, I
0: think it's Justin Jefferson. Is that is that correct?
1: I wish I had a soundboard so I could play ding 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 and <laughs> shoot confetti off. My God, a franchise record. Two hundred and twenty-six yards. I lost Three, it. Twenty was it two was it twenty-three? So two hundred and twenty-three yards, including getting shafted by the uh NFL referees who called him out of bounds. He should have had like an extra 50 yards on top of that and a touchdown to go with that day. My God, what a stud. What a day. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson—they uh, should be in the conversation for the best wide receiver and quarterback duo. And I think it's mainly just because Justin Jefferson is playing at a level that is so high above any other wide receiver, and Coke is just getting him the ball kind of accurately. Um, <laughs> I, what a, I mean—that that, I think that's why this defensive performance helped so bad—is because we just watched one of the best days that any Viking has had in the history of the team. Point blank, am I am I overreacting? Yeah. I mean, Chris
0: Carter yesterday called Justin Jefferson, the best Vikings receiver ever. So sorry, Randy Moss, I guess it's time for you to move over. Um, It's uh, and it's not even that controversial of a take and he's only played two and two thirds of a season. I, I mean, he's, he's putting himself on a level of heights that a Vikings offensive player we haven't seen since Adrian Peterson um, and I think Justin Jefferson, dare I say, has the ability to be a better player long-term than Adrian Peterson. I agree. Adrian Peterson had an outstanding career, but, um, Justin Jefferson, not only is he doing it on the field, he's also a class act off the field. Um, and I mean, he's just, he's one of those guys that you have him on your team. You have him in your locker room. He is someone you never want to let go of. Um, and I hope the Vikings do what they need to, to retain him long-term because he's only getting
1: better, um, can I jump in really quick? Because I want to say something yeah. that kind of touches on the Adrian Peterson comparison because I like it, but I hate it. Because how many times did Adrian Peterson have 20 carries for, like, 25 yards? And then he broke an 80-yard touchdown, and it was like, okay, day's good. It's good. And that was all in, like, one touch. Jefferson had 11 catches yesterday. And there's a typo in our little bottom, you know, stat thing on the bottom. So it says one catch for 223 <laughs> yards. What a day from the GOAT. but like, <laughs> <laughs> like no eleven catches, two hundred and twenty three yards. Those are Madden type numbers, people. Like that's that's not normal. Like yeah. Michael Thomas is a guy who just gets a lot of volume. He's a volume guy, and there's a place for that. And that's really impressive as well. Eleven catches for two twenty three. That's it's just ridiculous. It is just ridiculous how good he is.
0: It's it's mind boggling. And I mean, yesterday too. Yesterday was probably you know more so about Jefferson than it was about Cousins. There have been days where Cousins has just been threading the ball to Jefferson. Um, The Patriots game is the one that I'm thinking of. Just some elite tight window throws. Um, He made some great throws yesterday too. Um, I think I, I made a note in the first half. It was even before Jefferson and Cousins' stat lines just exploded, but I just wrote down, Kirk is drilling it today. He was throwing the ball with force and accuracy um put some of those sort of whispers from the jets game to bed where we were concerned about his accuracy and timing and um yeah he was he was also elite yesterday there's there's no two ways about it and um it's disappointing i mean it's disappointing to see that the way in which this game ended up because you're not we're not going to think too much about you know this duo's performance much the rest of the season or into the off season because we lost the game. Um, It was similar to last year in Detroit. Those two had an amazing stat padding game where um, Jefferson had the go ahead touchdown in the waning moments and the defense gave it up at the end. So no one really cared. Um, So, I mean, stats be damned, but it was a, I mean, it was a textbook performance by those two, really the only two guys that kept the team alive for the most part um and yeah i mean it's disappointing when you look at the 23 points and you say well you know it's maybe just some some empty stats but in reality that's a 30 point game because if delvin cook doesn't fumble on the failed jump pass in the first half that's either a touchdown or it's three and so not to mention the jefferson touchdown that they took away that, that as well. well they, they ended up scoring on that drive, though. Oh, okay. That's foul. Um, That's foul. That's foul. Yeah. But either way, I mean, it's roughly a 30-point offensive output, which, I mean, there's not, nothing wrong with that. So, I mean, rant over other than just an elite performance by those two, and it's a shame that it had to end in a loss.
1: By the way, props to you. You did say that um, your game ball was going to go to uh, Hawkinson Uh, for, you know, a little bit of revenge if the Vikings get the win. Plus, you expected him to have a big day. He did not have a bad day. Six for 77 as well. Um, By the way, I'm realizing that the one key on my keyboard is broken so cousins actually only completed three passes for those 425 yards the vikings (laughs) offense truly performed just a straight miracle yesterday and literally went up and down the field because that had that's the only way i can think that they got all those yards on that few receptions and completions but um i i just i and this is this is i don't want to like get us off the like the AO yet or anything but like it seems like if the Vikings defense gets like one, maybe two stops in that game. Let's just say one. If they get one stop in that game, oh, if they recover the onside kick, the Viking like this mounting all of this media narrative that's being spewed because the Vikings finally lost to a bad oh, not a bad. I'm not gonna say bad team. The Vikings finally lost to like a sub 500 team in a close game. All of the media narrative that's being spewed. I think it gets flipped, and I legitimately think that there's two or three people on Fox Sports or ESPN saying Justin Jefferson should be in the, uh, in the MVP conversation because none of the quarterbacks are having that dominant of seasons, but Justin Jefferson is. And yeah, he's had a couple of duds, but he just made up for every dud that he's had all season with a 223 yard performance. So uh, it, it's really frustrating. And like I said, I think it amplifies the issues on the defensive side of the ball. But I do think it is, and I hate to say this about losses, I think it's a wake up call. Not for the players per se. It's a wake-up call for the front office and the and the coaches that, like, we have to change the defense in a drastic way that may require someone to lose their job. And I'm not, you know, I, I hate I mm-hmm. hate saying that. I hate saying that somebody should lose their job. But it's the National Football League, and he will go get a consultant job somewhere. And, and like, he'll be fine. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. The Vikings have the Colts on Saturday. Um I do want to get your opinion uh, on how the offensive line played before we, like, final thoughts and, and get out of here. Uh, just because, you know, Schlotman stouted, Brando stouted. Uh, what do you think of the offensive line? Obviously, the run game was was not good, but, I mean, Cousins didn't seem to be getting killed every play. So what, what was your take?
0: Yeah, the, the offensive line's protection in the pass game was okay. He got sacked a couple of times. It didn't seem like he was hurried a whole lot. There were definitely a handful of throws um, where, you know, from the from the naked, untrained eye, it looks like he's just closing his eyes and chucking it um, because he's about to take a shot. So there were a few more of those where um, you hate to see that from the line giving up those kind of pressures. But overall, against a improved Lions pass rush with a very very good um, edge rookie edge rusher and Aiden Hutchinson. I'm okay with how they played in pass pro the run blocking was hideous. Um, there's no two ways about it. It was terrible. And O'Connell addressed it a little bit today, um, in his Monday press conference. And I mean, a big part of it, like he talked about today was just that, you know, you're missing two starters, um, Garrett Bradbury and, and, um, Christian Darrisaw are two of the best at their positions in run blocking. And That's so
1: so crazy. To you, you lose those by two by guys.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's having a good season as a, at least as a run blocker. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we've always known he's been a above average run blocker, but, uh, yeah, to be, he, he's one of the, he's for the better part of the season. I haven't checked, you know, after last, after yesterday's games, but for the better part of the season, he has been one of the 10 best centers at run blocking. Um, so missing those two guys was huge. There was some on the, uh, on the Delvin cook fumble, both Ed Ingram and Schlotman blew their assignments, which allowed two rushers to get in on Delvin cook right away, causing the fumble. Um, so, and then in general, I think four or five negative plays in the run game. So things that you just can't have happen. Um, the run game was a complete non-factor um, and, and, which is just so unfortunate because, you know, despite all of that, despite the one point something yards per carry 23 total rushing yards or something like that. Yeah. The cousins and Jefferson and Thielen and Hawkinson and company were still able to put up monster yards through the air. So imagine if you had a little bit better of a marriage in the run and pass game yesterday. So it was, um, it wasn't good in the run game and it's, it's something that I'm going to write about I think, uh, this week. So, yeah, I mean it's it's a good question. I don't know what did, was there anything that
1: you saw that I didn't mention there? No, I think I think you summed it up perfectly. I just felt like I had been talking uh for too long, and I wanted I wanted to touch on the offensive line uh, before we did final thoughts and everything. And yeah. I mean, you know, you're one of the one of the smartest Vikings take specialists in the game right now so i don't know we need cousins to throw how many interceptions is he at? we need him to have like a three pick game so that way we can get to like thirteen wins like because i really (laughs) he he hasn't been throwing them and so we haven't been winning he's
0: he's only at nine right now we need him to throw a couple picks against uh the colts i guess but um, (laughs) i'll take i'll get my final thoughts here and i'll let you you know sponsor and close us down um, with your final thoughts really the last thing for me, and I won't get too in-depth on it because I also wrote about this today. Uh, It's fresh out on Vikings territory as we speak. I think it got published a few minutes ago. Um, I wrote about a few of the questionable decisions that Kevin O'Connell made yesterday. Um, Jordan and I, you you know, we were talking yesterday about this. I don't think it's quite necessarily his worst game as a coach by any means. I mean, the the Philadelphia game and the Dallas game, he was clearly overwhelmed and just got punched in the mouth from the get-go and didn't have much of a chance and um, didn't coach well in those games. But um, this game, there were multiple, very questionable decisions. Some some were go either way, but there were some where it was very clear. I'm sitting on my couch, just like dumbfounded. Um, and I wrote about some of those decisions, three in particular, and most specifically how they related to dan campbell in not a very good way so i'm comparing dan campbell to kevin o'connell or vice versa i guess i'm comparing kevin o'connell to dan campbell it's not a good look for kevin o'connell um dan campbell has done some things that have done have been good and have elevated the, the lions to make them a competitive team this season um but by and large there are a couple traits um that have that that are definitely Campbell's downfall and O'Connell emulated those yesterday. So take a look at my piece. It's on vikingsterritory.com. Um, you know, if I get on the O'Connell soapbox and praise him, I also gotta critique him when he uh, underperforms. So absolutely, that's all I got. Jordan, take us away and uh, close us down.
1: Well, I hate to end with uh, Will going from Wednesday's show, just standing on so many soapboxes and praising this team, and we lose one game, and all of a sudden, I mean, you're dragging Kevin O'Connell through the mud, and you're talking. I mean, like I, you didn't say it, but you said it before the show, and I'm gonna expose you. You said, you know, Justin Jefferson might not even be a top. 10 wide receiver in the nfl okay right now. So, yeah. never said that <laughs> no um uh, i will try to end us on a on a happy note here the vikings uh one win one detroit loss a tie from anybody away from clinching the division and winning the nfc north something that i do not think many of us thought was going to happen this season with a brand new everything uh in the front office and coaching staff so um Look, the the season's not over. The defense is it needs to get better, and if it can play like ten percent better, and the offense can continue to get a little bit more, a little a little bit better each week, uh, as I try and struggle through that sentence, then I think that come playoffs you could see this team make some noise and. I think the talks of Super Bowls is is dying down a little bit. It's difficult to talk about Super Bowls when Philly is still blowing people out, and San Francisco looks like they are an offensive juggernaut with with Brock Purdy uh, in at quarterback. So there's some really good teams in the NFC. I think the Vikings are one of those, if not really good. They are they are a high tail good team, and like once you get in the dance, anything can happen. So I think that you know, tune in on Wednesday. We'll talk about the Colts game that's coming up. Um, it's another T Shelton hat game. It's in Minnesota. I liked Cousins yesterday after the game, kind of talking about this Saturday at noon, like we need the fans because it's going to be, a, it's a big game. And I really liked him. It kind of felt like his we on to Cincinnati moment. And so, uh, tune in to see what I think for game balls and whatnot. And what will thinks as well about game balls and everything on Wednesday. Um, and you know, let's go, let's go win a division. Go ahead.
0: You know, Jordan mentioned it, but the game is Saturday. So, uh, don't, uh, sit down on your couches for a noon kickoff on Fox. It is a 12 o'clock noon kickoff on Saturday. Um,
1: Back on to NFL back to network i believe yeah back so. to back saturdays by the way which is kind mm-hmm. of fun um but yeah so saturday big game opp- another opportunity to go out and to get some t-shirts and hats we want all the t-shirts and hats speaking of t-shirts and hats if you want some cool t-shirts and hats check out unified athletic whale well, um really good company uh and if you want some like maybe some like not t-shirts but some some uniforms which they you know come come off like in a T-shape. Uh, they can also supply your school, your softball team, your volleyball team, your recreational lacrosse league, whatever you got. I guarantee they will they will get you with a graphic designer and they will get them uh, made for you and everything like that. So give them a shout. Um, check out vikingsterritory.com for great Vikings news like the piece that uh, my co-host Will has published tonight. Uh, follow the Bad Loser blog and also... Check out Will's Twitter at WillBadLoseTheGoat the GOAT Twitter handle. And follow the show at LTB Vikings. I think that's all we have. Tune in on Wednesday night about the same time as it is every week. And uh, as always, skull, y'all.